Trapcast Express. Trapcast Express, it's Thursday, January 7th, 2021. Yesterday, the Apostate Vatican issued the latest so-called Pope video for the month of January, and it is on France's favorite theme of human fraternity. We have a blog post up about it at novusordowatch.org slash wire, where we analyze the content at some length. But, hey, I can summarize the video for you in just one sentence. Who cares what religion you practice? We're all working at the same soup kitchen anyway. Yeah, it was all about how Christians, Jews, and Muslims, and people of any other tradition have to remember what is essential to their respective religion, supposedly. The worship of God and the love of neighbor. The rest, you know, the divinity of Christ, heaven and hell, the papacy, that's just details. Now, Francis wouldn't be Francis if he weren't clever. So, while that video is being released, he preaches a sermon on the Feast of the Epiphany, saying, quote, If we do not worship God, we will worship idols. There is no middle way. It is either God or idols. Unquote. Bam! Now, what do you think that means for Pachamama, that Mother Earth goddess, also known as Gaia? The Frankster has basically just told us that either he is an idolater or Pachamama is God. Because, remember, he presided over its worship in the Vatican Gardens on the eve of the October Synod in 2019. And in his post-synodal exhortation Corita Amazonia, he wrote, quote, It is possible to take up an indigenous symbol in some way without necessarily considering it as idolatry. A myth charged with spiritual meaning can be used to advantage and not always considered a pagan error. Some religious festivals have a sacred meaning and are occasions for gathering and fraternity, albeit in need of a gradual process of purification or maturation. Unquote. That's Corita Amazonia, number 79. So, if you believe Francis is your Pope, then you have to admit that either you are subject to an idolater or to someone who believes that Pachamama is the true God. I guess that's how Francis keeps the gates of hell from prevailing. Huh? Well, that's important because if Francis isn't keeping the gates of hell from prevailing against the Catholic Church, then he isn't the Pope. Because that is what the Pope does. It's not simply what he is supposed to do, but what he actually does. Until, that is, he is taken out of the way, as foretold in 2 Thessalonians 2.7, so that the mystery of iniquity can fully unfold itself and the operation of error can deceive the masses, that all may be judged who have not believed the truth but have consented to iniquity, as verse 11 says. Now, there's another gem in Francis' Epiphany sermon that I want to mention. 
He says, quote, No one worships the Lord without first experiencing the interior growth that comes from embarking on a journey. Unquote. Yeah, whatever. Okay, these people are always talking about journeys and encounter and experiences and such elusive concepts that in the end, no one has any idea anymore what was actually said. I mean, read a chapter of Joseph Ratzinger or Gerhard Müller or Karl Rahner sometime and try to summarize in a few sentences what was actually said. Good luck. Here, uh, let me give you an example. This is my own translation from a passage in Gerhard Ludwig Müller's book, The Mass, Source of Christian Life. He's talking about how the real presence of Christ in the Holy Eucharist comes about. Quote, The conversion of substance means that bread and wine go from being natural vehicles of communication to being a new way of supernatural communication between God and man with the goal of transmitting salvation, which occurred in Jesus Christ in a real historical way. Christ, then, is really present in an objective sense because it is God alone who fixes the absolute horizon, for which the reality of the world and history and the manner of his self-communication can be contemplated, unquote. That's from Mueller's book on the Mass. In the original German, it's entitled Die Messe, Quelle Christlichen Lebens. And there it is found on page 141. Yeah, with Mueller, there is always a horizon somewhere. What utter twaddle. It is insufferable, this stuff. And, and look at how the Vatican II Church and its horrific new mass, or what I like to call the Novus Ordo worship service, look at that. I mean, that is the product of this kind of theology. And vice versa, too, I guess. Now, speaking of Germans... On December 29, 2020, the Jesuit rag America published a news article with the title Head of German Bishops, Self-Described Conservative, Calls for Changing Church Teaching on LGBT People and Women. Now, when I read that, I thought to myself that these ultra-modernist German Novus Ordo bishops are exactly what Francis needs in order for him to look centrist and moderate, even conservative at times, right? I mean, think about it. It's like, it's like selling overpriced wine. You put that bottle in between a cheap one and an even more expensive one, right? This way, the price looks reasonable and middle of the road. And, and that's how this Novo Sordo game works. Francis always needs people to his left and to his right so he doesn't appear to be the extremist. And you can always point to, you know, someone who's even more extreme than he is and say, well, see, but he's not like that guy. And so he will always appear to be the, the moderate, the, the moderate, the reasonable fellow who's not too extreme. And look at how far it's gotten him and his predecessors of infelicitous memory. 
their program of apostasy has been immensely successful. There really hasn't been much more than a few speed bumps along the way for them, you know, like the Ottaviani intervention in 1969 or the Lefebvre's challenges in the 70s and 80s. And what's happening in our days? Not much. The Society of St. Pius X is a shadow of its former self in terms of challenging the modernist Vatican. And now it's worse than ever in Rome. Cardinal Raymond Burke, for example, has roared like a lion, but then when push came to shove, didn't follow through with his much-touted formal correction of Francis that he was going to issue. Not that it would have really accomplished anything anyway, but... The conservatives and semi-trads have had countless petitions, demonstrations, TV appearances and interviews, public pleas, prayer rallies, even a filial correction of the Frankster and a uh, formal accusation of heresy. The result? Hmm, Nothing really. A lot of blog posts. And then the former Vatican Nuncio to the United States, Archbishop Carlo Maria Viganò, he comes out with message after message, interview after interview, sometimes three times per week, in which he denounces this or that aberration of the new church. But what is this supposed to accomplish? What is the goal here? Do the semi-trans really think that if, if only Viganò could issue another, oh, I don't know, 15 messages, then the Vatican II sect will convert to Catholicism? See, the reason all of these people, however good-willed the individuals may be, the reason why they cannot win against Francis is that they acknowledge him to be the Pope of the Catholic Church. By doing that, they give him all the power he needs because the Pope is an absolute monarch in the Catholic Church. So for them to recognize Jorge Bergoglio as the Pope, as the Vicar of Christ, They're guaranteeing that no matter what they do, he will win and they will lose. It could not be otherwise because a pope as such cannot be removed. He cannot be judged. He cannot be condemned. He cannot be corrected. His decisions cannot be appealed. And that is dogma. Why is it so hard for people to understand that a man who does not profess the Catholic religion cannot be the head of that religion? Why can they not accept that a man who is ensuring that the gates of hell are opened and all hell is let into the church cannot at the same time be the man whose office is guaranteed by God to keep the gates of hell from prevailing against the church. The only possible conclusion is that the apostate Bergoglio, Francis, is not the Pope. And to all appearances, the Catholic Church hasn't had a Pope since the death of Pius Twelfth in 1958, and that is why all hell has broken loose. Recognizing that is not denying the dogma of the papacy. It is, in fact, a great testimony to its truth. And if enough people do it, it also takes away all of France's de facto power 
Because if he's not the Pope of the Catholic Church, then he's just Jorge, the apostate. Tradcast Express is a production of Novos Ordo Watch. Check us out at tradcast.org. And if you like what we're doing, please consider making a tax-deductible contribution at novosordowatch.org slash donate.